Good morning and welcome back to the uh, Partridge Group podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure having a, a good friend of mine here. From uh, I worked with Sam Winkler, who was a sergeant from South Jordan, who recently retired back in November. And uh, I had the pleasure of uh, working alongside him for, for many, many years. Over 20. Over 20 years. And uh, I just thought it would be a good, uh, you know, I wanted to get some different perspectives um, from you, Sam, in regards to, you know, your career, some mental health, what retirement's kind of looked like for you after, and uh, you know it's not it's not easy to leave the job. It's not easy to pick up this retirement gig and move forward. For some, mm-hmm. it's there's some difficulties to it. It's it's not always pleasant. It it is, and it's uh, you have this vision of what retirement's going to look like in your head and how your departure's going to be, and then everything changes and it just goes into a tailspin, and sometimes yeah. you just don't know where you're at. So when did you when did you start law enforcement? Uh, I graduated the academy in '97, and then I picked up a constable job right there. So right after that, so in 23 years. And then you kind of moved around a little bit, right? You yeah. moved to a couple different agencies before you landed in South Jordan. Yeah, I went down to the local say at Escalante, Escalante, Utah. Escalante was down there for almost two years. Was, it was one other officer and I. They got mad at him. They made me the chief of police. So I was the chief <laughs> of police down there, and then. Came up to South Jordan in 2000 and stuck around there ever since. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the other thing I wanted to kind of touch on uh, with you, Sam, is, you know, I know you've been divorced before. Mm-hmm. And um, going through your law enforcement career, did, did you do you believe, looking back on, on that particular relationship, that law enforcement had anything to do with, with, with that, that demise in that relationship? Or? Well, I'd have to say so. I mean... We had met in high school, which, you know, looking back, maybe getting involved with someone in high school yeah. might be a problem because you don't know who that person really is. You just fall in love with the first person you meet, and sure. it goes from there, and then you, you yeah. change as you grow up. But law enforcement changes you also. It, it really does. You, you just you have to shove your emotions down and to deal with situations. You go from dealing with a dead baby on this call to a family fight on the next call to some kid on a lemonade stand on the next call trying to fit all those emotions in. And so, you know, people call it robotic, whatever it is, but you bring that home. Yeah. You don't share everything with, with your spouse because they don't want to hear the gruesome details of a fatal accident. Oh yeah, his thumb was in the glove over there, his arm was over there, you know, blood was over you know, yeah. they, they don't they don't want to hear that. So you say, Yeah, we had a fatal accident, we dealt with it, but they really don't know. I mean, there's like the finishing up dare one day, getting a call of a shooting and one kid found a gun, and accidentally shot his friend in the head and being the first one there yeah. and seeing the seeing the carnage and destruction, you don't bring that home. No. And and it and it and it changes you. And when you hit a boiling point, when you talked about my first divorce, you know, you hit a boiling point and then now I'm divorced. I'm, we didn't have kids. I'm by myself. I'm in a big house, nothing on the walls. Yeah. And, and, and I hang out at home all day. And I'll tell you what, it, there were some really dark days. Yeah. There were some really, really dark days where I, you know, for the admit that I was in a bathroom with my gun, not yeah. sure what I was going to do. Yeah, because we, we, we you know, that we all, all the traumatic experiences that, like you say, that we just keep licking the finger and mm-hmm. putting a little dust on the wound and then we move forward. And that was kind of, I mean, that was still kind of the, for the first 10, 11, 12 years of our career, that was still kind of a, a thing. 
It, it was, and you know, we go through the academy. They talk about how to deal situations. We didn't have the crisis intervention or the mental health training that they do now, and it really was. It was a profession that you shove those emotions down, and that's not. That's, you're a police officer. You're not an emotional person. You're you're this guy. So do you do you believe that going through the the traumatic events and and, and coming home. Uh, changed your attitude with your spouse, you began to become disconnected, you isolated, you, what, what were some of the feelings associated of, of why, everything that you went through, how did that then correlate into your marriage then beginning to bust up that? No, it, it was all those because she didn't understand, she actually got a job as a dispatcher, but then she didn't understand and then there was things in our marriage that I started to resent her about, but I didn't, would never tell her and yeah. then there was stuff she would resent and then we just had all this resentment between us and because we didn't speak to each other, it just fell apart and things, things moved on and yeah. moved on. And There's a lot of officers out there that get themselves into similar situations with marriages and, and you know our, our, the marriage uh, divorce rate is very high among uh, first responders, police, mm-hmm. firefighters, all those folks that are in this job. <clears throat> what would you tell anybody that out that that's out there that's listening to this podcast what would you tell them to try to keep a marriage healthy or to keep a relationship healthy with a spouse how looking back what would you change well we we go get physicals with our you know check our blood pressure our heart condition we we check our cholesterol we get annual physicals but the one thing we never do an annual physical on or checkup on is our mental health yeah. and there's there's nothing wrong with it because we don't talk to each other but sometimes there's things that need to come out and if you just let it sit in there it will just keep boiling over and boiling over until one day something happens I mean I, I hate when I hear it on the news that a cop has been arrested for domestic violence because that's the, that's their whole career you know a cop kills himself because something happened in their family it's just, they didn't know how to cope it's we, we need those annual checkups and then and have someone that we can talk to and because, you know, I, I, you know, I think people are fortunate to have you. Yeah. You know, and he didn't pay me to say any of this, but Josh has been in it. He's, he's seen, he's seen this stuff. He's been in the, he's been in the, in the, the trenches and it's, he, you can understand. So finding someone that you can talk to yeah. and at least get some of that stuff off your chest and maybe shed a tear or two, which I'm trying not to today because I'm trying to be <laughs> tough still, but it's, it's, That's why I got a whole damn box of Kleenexes yeah. over there because it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. including myself. Yeah, the, the, that's one of these last couple of years that I've done. It's it's I've been crying a lot more than for no reason, but it's 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 really finding someone you can communicate to and talk to and have that little checkup so you can work those issues out, those things that are keeping you up at night, and then you know have and then having those conversations with your spouse and just yeah. letting them know. It's, it's really communication, just like we, on the job, we go to a domestic, it's because they can't communicate, well, it's the same thing with our job, it's, with our family, it's communication. Yeah, I think there's, there's mainly big, three big things that bust up relationships with, with, with everybody, you know, you've got uh, communication being the first one, where they just don't communicate sex and money, mm-hmm. and, and the, those are the primary factors to relationship breakups. But like you were saying too, now they now now in the academy they're teaching. Hey, you know you probably should have. Here's how you should talk to your spouse. Here's some things you can go home and 
and I had to do that <clears throat> later on in my career. I didn't do it initially, but uh, talking with Lindsay, hey, what are you comfortable hearing? Because there's some things that I want to share, and I don't know if you're going to be comfortable with it. And then if you're not comfortable with it, where's my backup? Who can I call? Who can I have a conversation with about this, this crisis, this dead baby, these dead bodies in this car? Right. And, and so for her, she wanted to be involved. I just needed to try to understand how much involvement she wanted to be and how, how much she wanted to hear. Right. So I'm glad to hear you say that, that, uh, that you know, status assessments, check-ins, getting some stuff off your, off your back, learning how to communicate with our spouses a little bit better can, you know, eventually save a marriage. Which I'm still not good at. I'll tell you, with my, <laughs> with my current wife, um, when I went into retirement, you know, it, like I said, it, it wasn't as planned, and it kind of set our whole family into a tailspin. You know, I didn't have a job now. We didn't have insurance anymore because, you know, I'm like, you know what, screw it, I'm done, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I didn't think about, oh, well, it's insurance. So my wife had to find a job. Well, we had a race to see who could find one, so she got one first. And that that set it all off, and I would have days, and I just, I, I still have a problem talking to her, and she would come, I don't know how to deal with you. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to deal with me either, because I, I, I really don't. I, I, I wasn't trained, because my whole life I've been trained on how to do everything. I wasn't trained on how to, to deal with myself, so I, I still don't know how to deal with myself half the time. Yeah, we're caretakers. We, we take care of everybody else, and we do it really well. Mm-hmm. And we deal with a lot of big shit really well. Mm-hmm. We don't do things so small as communicating real well with our spouses or the, or the, or the trip over the hose. Why did you leave that stupid toy there? And then we lose our, our shit over it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, and it's, 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 it's just being open, and it's just being vulnerable, and it's just talking and trying to understand, you know, each other, and it, it can't be difficult. Right. Because every, every time uh, I want to think of something to say, I remember all the domestics I go on, and is this going to turn into her being upset, which is going to get me upset, and I'm trying to... It's, it's like people ask me, what, Sam, why don't you get drunk every once in a while? Why don't you relax every once in a while? I'm like, in my job, all I saw drunks were mean. I saw they were mean. I don't know what kind of drunk I would be. Yeah, you begin to associate things with what so, we know, what we see, what we saw. So, yeah, I, so I don't know. I'm like, okay, I'll have one or two drinks every once in a while, but I don't want to, because I don't know. I don't want to be that drunk guy who loses everything. Yeah. So I, I associate everything to work like oh well if I start talking to my wife about this maybe she's gonna get upset and uh, I don't want to have it to be like a domestic so I just shove it down and even though I'm not giving her the credit that she's due I, I'm just not she's she can handle a lot and she wants to I just I just don't know how to separate the two and that's and that gets really hard and she's very patient she's still with me so <laughs> I know she's had several chats with you about my stubbornness and it's all I can say is I'll try and do better. Yeah, and, and gets to the point where you need. What, what I like to hear you say though is it's not like you're <clears throat> you're saying, oh no, I don't need any any help, or I can't go talk to somebody because you realize you can within yourself, mm-hmm. and and maybe it's maybe it's time you think about doing something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take you back uh, just briefly to uh, the dark place that you were in because I've been there myself, and I I, I will one day. Um, share that on, on the podcast but I've been in a very similar situation uh, and, and when you're in that very low in that dark moment how did you eventually pull yourself out of that who, who was it what was it so I guess if we're going back to the first one after my first divorce um, 
I, I'm, it's probably the darkest, scariest place I've ever been. Yeah. You know, because I've, I've seen suicides and I've seen what it does to family. And I know it's not the answer to the problem. It just creates new problems for everybody else left behind. Yeah. And if, and, okay. So I actually called another coworker of ours, Jody. Up here. Yeah. And um, she and I were friends, you know, so I called her and, and I told her and I, I drove to her house and I, I had my gun. I was ready to, to do something. Went to her house, sat in her driveway. She came up, tried talking to me. She actually called the lieutenant at the time and he came out and I finally just, just turned over my gun because I didn't want to. To do, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't want to. I just, it's like I said earlier. I don't know how to, to fix me. I don't know how to handle me. It's, it's just a dark. It's a lonely feeling. It's it's it's. We we don't want to necessarily harm ourselves. We just want to get out of some of the pain that's associated. I'm with in it. this huge house. I'm by myself. I I go to work. I come home to this dark, empty house. Nothing on the walls. I go to work. Come back home to this dark, empty house on the walls. That 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 was my life. I had no money, so I was living off of vegetables and rice. That's when I was, that's when I lost all that weight, and everybody said, told Sam eat a cheeseburger, because I was so skinny at the time. I was, I was so skinny at the time. Um, but that's that's what I that's what I did, and I I called her and went down to her house, and the department obviously put me on desk assignment and had had me go get some counseling services, which I went for a while, and it and it helped because. The person I saw actually dealt specifically with first responders. Good. Um, it took me a while to open up. Yeah. But sure. but that's what I did, and you know, I I'm I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm embarrassed by the situation because I didn't know how to. I'm I'm Sam. You know, everybody's like, hey, it's Sam. Sam's a strong guy. He knows how to deal with everything. I I just didn't know how to deal with me. I to some extent, I still don't know how to deal with me, just because I. I Again, I was never trained. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that and being vulnerable because it's not, sometimes it's not easy to talk about those type of things, but it does help, does help to talk about it. Um, I, I like that you call a peer because I think peer-to-peer -peer is a powerful thing. As you know, I did peer support and I still do a lot of peer support with agencies now. I, when people are in crisis or people need help, a peer is a powerful part of, of maybe saving your life. Mm -hmm. Um, so lean on those peers is what I'm hearing you say. Talk to people, share things with folks. Yeah, my, my parents lived here in town. I have some siblings that lived here in town. And I'm, <clears throat> I didn't want to talk to them. Yeah, I, I didn't want to talk to them. They, they they couldn't relate. My dad was in the army, but he couldn't relate to to what I was dealing with. Um, my brothers and sisters had no idea about law enforcement. There was yeah. just there was just no way. Plus, they're younger than I am, so I'm the big brother. I just. I would never, that, that's not who I would want to reach out to, was, was, was my family. And the, so the only one that I knew who would understand was, was my coworkers, my friends at work. Looking back on it, was it preventable? Oh, of course it was preventable. What, what, what weren't you doing? Well, first of all, I wasn't taking care of myself physically as well as emotionally. I mean, you know, when you're living on white rice and vegetables and living in a, empty house, you know, with nothing on the walls by yourself. I mean, there's, it's, it's all preventable. I could have moved out of the house, gone into a smaller place. I could have found a, 
a roommate. I could have had people over to keep me entertained. Yeah. I could have gone. I, I could have done all, all sorts of things. But you can't live with on crap food and and by yourself just listening to all those thoughts in your head and right. all the visions in your mind about you know I'm you know you know as a child seat person so I yeah. was trained to do child safety seats and as a major accident investigator one of the things I did was look at the kid seats and you know going on all the fatals with kids mm-hmm. and looking at the seats and looking at dead kids so when it's if how how can you take care of yourself when that's all you're seeing every day is yeah. is death and destruction. I know it's not every day, but that's what we remember. Is that's every day. So my thoughts are every day. Is a five year old getting slapped by her dad because dad's mad and you can see the fingerprints. That's yeah. to me all the bad stuff was every day, even though I know it wasn't. Yeah, and so we're not exercising. We're not uh, we're not having conversations with people. We're not we're not finding friendships outside of law enforcement. Or there was there was a lot of things that could have been preventable to to keep ourselves healthy from mm-hmm. even getting to that spot in the first place, but. Again, that's the struggle is we don't we don't talk about it. Right. It's not addressed. We don't know where to go. We don't you know, even <clears throat> over the last several years is when I these employee assistance programs came out and you know, things like that. So for you and I, for many of our, our police career years, those type of things weren't available. Right. And then the 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 sad part is who are training the new officers? Yeah. It's it's people like you and I or those that have never had that background training. So when a new officer is now dealing with this, all they're hearing is deal with it. Yeah. They're not saying, okay, well, how are you feeling afterwards? Do we need to talk to some? They're not, and so we're not encouraging that in the new officers either. I'm not saying it's not happening somewhere, but yeah. from my experience, it just wasn't happening at all. So when I'm training a new person, it's, oh, you go to a dead body, oh, how, are you, how are you feeling? Are you doing okay? Should we talk? No, that does, that's not going on. So we're just just keep training those people the same way. So even though it's being tra- taught differently in the academy, there's still some work to be done. There's a lot of work that could still be yeah. done. Just briefly before I wrap up with you, Sam, I just wanted to you know talk to you a little bit about your retirement. First of all, congratulations on that. You made it. Um, you made it, uh, and I made it. And it's a uh, I know for you it's been a little bit different transition than for myself. Do you find retirement has it has it been a load off? Has it been a a relief? Or I mean, we don't get you don't get any training either. You don't get exposed to hey, you're about to retire. Let's bring in some folks and tell you what to retire. It looks like you just get thrown into retirement. Right. And and again, mine was a little different. You know, it was it was a quick rash decision that I made, just saying, you know, what, I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah. And I didn't didn't think about the future, so I had no plans in place. I didn't have thoughts of employment, uh, things things like that. So for me personally, it was vastly different than what I thought. Yeah. You know, but but for any officer, you know, I I live in the city I worked for. I've lived in South Jordan for almost twenty years. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, you know, I live in the city. You know, people are going to come by and visit. That's it's happened once or twice in seven months. I it's, get it. You know, I calls not getting the calls that I I thought. You know, emails and you know I see things on social media and and, and it makes me sad. It makes me miss them and I I really do. I mean, I'm 46 year old and I was in law enforcement for 23 years, half my life. Yeah. And now it's it's gone. I hear the sirens and I want to know what's going on. And and, yeah. I, and even after seven months, I still have a hard time 
breaking breaking that. Um, I really got pulled into social media yeah. and what's going on. I had to, to back off from that. Uh, I was watching the news all the time. I had to back off of that. Um, it's it's been a transition, and I've got you know I've got my wife and I've got my my family in town, and I had the courage to go to the police department yesterday because you know I haven't seen these people in a long time and dropped off some donuts for police week and yeah, good. I was able good. to make uh, lunch appointments with them. So it's what you picture in your head, you have to understand it may not happen that way. Yeah. You need to have a plan and just understand that it's, it's okay to miss them. Don't get sucked into the trap of social media and the news and wanting to be involved in everything. It's, it's, it's just how it goes. Well, good. Thanks for your input, Sam. It's, it's very helpful, and uh, I hope we have you back again soon. So thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah.